Hello, and welcome to Searching the Catalog, a podcast brought to you by the Queen Anne's County Library System. I'm Jasmine. And I'm Derek. And every month we pick a theme and then search for unique, older, or lesser-known books to fit that theme. I read at least one adult fiction and one adult nonfiction book. And I choose a picture book, a chapter book, and a young adult novel. And Derek, what was our theme for this month? We were doing Tales and Tales. Okay, and Tales and Tales is not only the theme for our episode today, um, it's also our theme for summer reading. As of recording this, it is Tuesday, June 15th, and sign-ups just started yesterday. But the entire summer reading program runs from June 14th to August 14th, and you can either come into one of our branches and sign up in person, or you can go to our website, www.qaclibrary.org, click on the summer reading banner, and sign up there. Our calendar is jam-packed with virtual events, outdoor events, and -and grab-and-go crafts and take-home kits. And Derek, you're one of the staff members who puts together uh, some of the events that we have. Yeah. So so do you want to talk a little bit about what's in store for this summer? Sure. I'll specifically mention uh, my first one that I have coming up, Visible DNA. We're going to be looking at strawberry DNA, and it's going to be really exciting. Um, I have programs uh, for ages 11 through 17, so if you have teens at home, uh, we have plenty of great events coming up, and you should keep your eye out. Yep, and some events you just sh- show up for, some you have to register for, and registrations usually fill up pretty quickly. Um, so if you want to take a look at our calendars, you can and see if there's anything um, that you want to sign up for. But there's plenty of fun stuff planned for this summer, and I think both of us uh, had a pretty fun time with the theme this month. Yeah, it was a really good one. Yeah, so what do you want to talk about today? Uh, here, I'll start off like I normally do with my picture book. And this time I chose Kibitzers and Fools, Tales My Zydia Told Me. It's by Sims Tabek. Um, it's a really fun book. Uh, I, I'm probably going to say it about everything I read, of course, because I ha- really enjoyed myself reading this, as we've mentioned. But what I really enjoyed about this is that it's kind of like a fun take on Aesop's fables. Mm-hmm. And they're all told from, well, as the title implies, they're tales from uh, Sims... Zadja, which is his grandfather in, in uh, Yiddish. And so the stories are all come from little y- Yiddish sayings, and it's really fun. Each, each, each story is humorous. They all end with a nice little saying that, that's like a little lesson from Aesop's Fables. So from one of the stories, The Umbrella, we learn the lesson of be with a fool and you will suffer the consequences. The pictures are all done by uh, Sims Tabak as well, so they're a little goofy. But they're all very colorful and very entertaining, and uh, really add to the stories as well. It's it's a very good book that I'd like to recommend to anyone who is looking for kind of like a twist, as I mentioned, on Aesop's Fable. It's really fun. Yeah. I remember you showed me a few of them. Um, and I do, I agree. They're all very, very cute and funny, like little stories. Yeah. And then, so what about you? What do you, what, uh, what's the first book you'd like to discuss? Okay, well... <laughs> too many books. Too many. No. I, <laughs> Never <laughs> enough books. Only, um, oh, I was going to say only only three, but I, I forgot that one of the books um, that I picked was actually on hold for somebody else, so I had to send it back. So I don't have it here with me today, but I do have my notes. Gotcha. Anyway, um, but the, the first book I'm going to talk about, I do have here with me, and it is called um, You and a Bike and a Road by Eleanor Davis. And this is a graphic novel memoir. I figured um, a, a memoir about travel, because this is um, travel is one of the subjects in here, would be a good fit for a tale because it's an odyssey yeah. of sorts. And, well, that's my reasoning, at least. <laughs> um, so 
In 2016, Eleanor Davis, who is the author and illustrator, and she is a cartoonist and an illustrator, um, decided to go on a cross-country bike tour. Um, she hoped to start at her parents' house in Tuscan, Arizona, and end at her home in Athens, Georgia. And she was um, out there from March to July, and this book is a collection of her drawings and thoughts of what she saw and the people she interacted with. That sounds like it would be really hot down there in the south during that time. <laughs> I'm not sure I could bite that. <laughs> that's your that's your immediate reaction. That, that is my immediate oh, my, man, my first thought. Must be hot down there. <laughs> and then, so uh, how did she find it? I really loved it. Mm. I, I um, it's it's really different from other graphic novel memoirs that I've read, um, because it's very raw both in art style and sort of the emotion that she evokes with the drawings and what she's thinking um, at the time. So I read a review of it uh, from Paste Magazine and apparently um, while she was doing this, this, this wasn't like originally um, like a journal or a book that she put together. She was, um, you know, traveling along this, this cross-country bike tour, a uh, hot cross-country <laughs> bike tour. Um, and she would doodle. She has she had like a journal. She would doodle. She would draw. Um, and she would post the drawings on Instagram as sort of like updates of what she's doing. But then after she finished, um, she collected them all and made a book. So these are all like basically her, her like real time. Like she is just drawing and sketching the things that she was actually saw. Um, the people, like the conversations with people that she had during um, this journey. Nice. And it's all in um, pencil and so a little bit of uh, pen, it looks like, in that interview, or that review and interview that I mentioned. Um, she said that she initially brought a lead pencil, eraser, pen, four colored pencils, and a sketchbook, but that she mailed the colored pencils home, along with like, <laughs> every, everything else that she didn't really need. Um, so she, she just sort of had the basics. Um, and you as the reader are getting her feelings at the time and the, um, a sense of the people that she was talking to and the things that she saw. Um, so just the experiences that made the greatest impressions on her um, during those days. And one thing that I've noticed, um, I've also read a graphic novel memoir uh, called Americana by Luke Healy, um, where he was also going traveling and he was going across the um, Pacific Crest Trail, which is, and I had to look this up, um, this is 2,660 miles, and it goes from the California-Mexico border to the Washington-Canada border. And a really funny thing that I noticed in both of them was that the authors um, both had, had, had like these sections where they were just like, oh God, why did I do this? <laughs> just like, oh, I'm so out of shape. Why? Uh -huh. Yeah, um, it's so yeah. hot. It's <laughs> See, yeah. I'm thinking ahead. Yeah. Um, but then they press on, and I think that's um, both very inspiring and also makes me wonder for those that are attempting these sort of, you know, cross-country biking or hiking trips, um, is that like a common occurrence? Do you just sort of like have that moment where you're like, I can't do this anymore, this is so, this is terrible, and then you just have to press onwards and overcome that literal obstacle of you know, whatever landscape yeah. you're journeying through at the time. But but Americana was a more traditional graphic novel, and this one, I'm going to show Derek some of my favorite um, illustrations. 
Oh, yes, birds. Yep, birds. And that's a really good scene of uh, her biking across the horizon. It really creates that sensation of, like, space she must have felt out there on the plane. And, like, some conversations with people. <laughs> <laughs> Cute little doggy, too. Yeah. Definitely not exactly... <laughs> I want to say, oh, I could draw that, but I do not have the skill to draw these. You do not. You are not Eleanor Davis. <laughs> no, I am not. not. You're not a cartoonist and illustrator. Not at all. But I do get the sense of what you were saying earlier about how it's it comes off as a little more raw than some of the other things. Yeah. It's um, it's really beautiful line work. Yes. Think, gorgeous. Yes. It, the way she works with a monochromatic palette is, is astounding. Yeah. So I'm showing Derek um, this page of her overlooking a field and laughing and it's like I kind of want to say minimalist but it's a lot more than that like she's not there's not that much on the page but like she really is is showing like what she saw and you can you can really feel like um just how exhilarated she is at like coming this far and just how beautiful um the landscape is from this you know little graphic drawing yeah it comes across so I, I think it's just so impressive how much emotion she conveys with it. Um, and I personally, I really love this book. Um, so I would recommend it to, I mean, ideally everyone. Everyone would like this book, I think, because I loved it. But uh, if you're already familiar with graphic novels and graphic memoirs, um, this one's pretty unique. So I would give it a try. And if you're into cycling, I would also take a look at it because she... Um, she really captures that feeling of when you're in that cycling zone and you're, um, you know, like the endorphins and, mm. and when you've, you've sort of reached that peak of like, you know, this is what I love doing. Um, and she's having a good time along with like, you know, the ups and downs of traveling on a, alone on a cross country bike tour and, <laughs> and heat. <laughs> yes. All of the heat. Yep. And for those of you participating in summer reading, it is one of the goals for our game boards to read a graphic novel, so maybe you have your suggestion there. <laughs> and then I'll pick up for the next book. Um, I'll speak of my chapter book. I chose The Inquisitor's Tale by Adam Gidwitz. Um, it's a tale of historical fiction about three magical children and their holy dog, which just so happens to be the subtitle that you'll notice as you're searching the catalog. Um, the author chose to go with a format of a frame story for this, which is a style I personally like really enjoy. Uh, you start off in the medieval tavern with a mysterious traveler, who is the narrator, trying to piece together the story of these four main characters, who are William, Jen, Jean, Jacob, and of course Gwenforte, the Greyhound. Their stories start separate, but they converge as a motley crew as they are pushed together by challenges they face in a hard and challenging world they live in. There's knights who are desperate to regain their honors, ghouls in a haunted wood, and even a dragon that are all obstacles that they must face in order to... Uh, basically try and go on about living their lives yeah. they were very much thrust into this situation they they had no understanding of uh, their innate abilities or talents before this um before the events occurred that forced them together mm -hmm. uh it's really fun because i i like those stories that are about you know kind of like finding your family there's definitely a lot of that feel to it the author is able to write about the kids emotions and you see their relationship grow throughout the story and that's a, that's a really nice uh, heartwarming detail to it but also what I enjoyed that was uh, the book contains like a lot of little gems that clue the reader into what daily life was like in the mid 1200s uh, in France like Jean family who uh, she sleeps with cows to stay warm and uh, how they also used a communal dung heap mm -hmm. apparently uh, when it came time for them to uh, 
take care of their business. But I do know that you happen to read this book as well. Yes, I've, I've read this before. I read this, um, was it last year? I read this last year, I think. Um, just, just sort of on a whim. Um, and I, I really enjoyed it. I can recommend it too. You get a double recommendation today. <laughs> um, I, um, I, I did not study medieval history, but it is an interest. And as I read the book, um, I was pleasantly surprised at how historically accurate it was in terms of discussing um, not only you know daily life, as you mentioned, but also bringing together the very complicated social, cultural, religious aspects of you know the Middle Ages. Um, very, very, very impressed by it. And I think, if I recall correctly, um, the author spent like six years yeah. doing research. That is very like, I don't want to say like very obvious because, in my opinion, um, the the best historical fiction writers are are the juvenile um, authors, um, just like the Inquisitor's Tale. Um, yeah, because it's... I I feel like I feel like um like adult fiction authors when they do historical uh, fiction they they feel like they have to show everything that they've researched um, to make it feel more lived in and it just comes across very awkwardly because they're just putting in like a whole like these paragraphs of like you know well back in the Victorian era like you know that kind of thing <laughs> whereas in the Inquisitor's Tale um, it's all it's very very natural yes yeah and um, another aspect that I really enjoyed about this book is that uh, they actually had someone do the illumination for it. So uh, as you read along, you'll get these nice little pictures in the margins and everything like that. Uh, much like you would expect a medieval text to be illuminated. And this brings me to a point where I honestly think more books should be illuminated. I don't, I don't know why we stopped that tradition. Uh, it makes reading it more enjoyable, and it gives you, like, these cute little characters that you can see on the side. Yeah. There's just a lot of, there's a lot of work that went into this book, and it's just a really, it's a really good book in that, um, the illustrations, the illuminations in it are very nice looking, um, well-researched. It's a, it's a really, you know, funny, um, heartwarming, dramatic story, you know, it hits all those all those good points. Yeah, it'd be a great book for you to read with your uh, children aloud, especially, or at least in my opinion, for the children that I do not have. Uh, but I do know some of the books that children likes, and this will <laughs> definitely be a book that I see the kids enjoying, especially with uh, their encounter of the dragon and everything like that. Um, and also, uh, this book ends on what I would say is a fairly happy note. So those of you who are looking for something where uh, the characters end up okay, this is definitely a good book to go for that as well. Yeah. I will go into the next book that I read. Yeah, let's hear it. So this is the one that I don't have here with me today, but I do have some notes. Um, so I've read a book, another graphic novel, uh, called Thirsty Mermaids by Cat Lay. Um, and this, is, this was new, so this is kind of my cheat book. It came out this year. But it's really, really good, so I'm going to talk about it. Yes. <laughs> so I'm going to break the rules. <laughs> um, so, um, Kat Lay, who's the author, is one of the co-authors of The Lumberjanes, and is also the author and artist of Snapdragon, which is a young adult graphic novel that I love. However, Thirsty Mermaids 
is for an adult audience. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yep. Um, so we have three mermaids, uh, Pearl, Tooth, and Ease, who find a shipwreck with some alcohol in it. They imbibe the alcohol that they have found. Um, and then upon running out, they decide to have Ease, who is a sea witch, turn them into humans so they can just walk on land and somehow acquire more alcohol. Oh, yeah. It's a plan that cannot go wrong. Yep. Um, so misadventures start from there. <laughs> uh, they make it to the Thirsty Mermaid, a bar, mm. title drop. Um, <laughs> They have a lot of fun, they get very drunk, and then they wake up in the morning, hungover, and it turns out still human, uh, because Ease can't remember how to turn them back. Oh no. So we have three mermaids stuck as humans trying to figure out the human world. And the bartender at the Thirsty Mermaid, Vivi, helps them out, and they try to find jobs to tide themselves over as they also try to find ways to turn themselves back into mermaids. And, and this was just, I just think this was a very good book. Um, some people on Goodreads, because I do look at the Goodreads reviews for the books that I read for this podcast, um, complained that the mermaids were odd looking, they were weird, they got drunk, <laughs> and they committed identity theft and a few other crimes. <laughs> but, like, if you, do, if you don't like drunken mermaid hijinks, I really don't know, like, what to tell you. Yeah. The Queen Anne's County Library System just is not advocating for drunken identity theft and other hijinks, but in a graphic novel about mermaids, like, it's a lot of fun. And it's really funny. Um, and personally, as for like the comments about like they look weird, I think the art style is great. Um, I love it. Everybody's so expressive. Um, it's it's really like really sort of, like really slapstick, but it's it's just so it's like physical comedy. But you're just watching it in, in you know comic strip, you mm. know graphic novel form. It's um, and the jokes are great. The story's great. Um, it's very heartfelt. Um, and it goes through comedy and drama very well. And a big part of this story is that Ease feels very guilty for not being able to change everybody back. Um, and she's not really in a great place mentally because the other two are more or less like doing okay with their new bodies, but Ease um, is essentially suffering from dysphoria. Mm. Um, and she's from the deeper water, she's cold-blooded, she doesn't like having two feet, she doesn't like, you know, feeling warm. Um, and she's really struggling with that. And I won't spoil exactly what happens, but it is a happy ending, if you do that. Um, it is a, it's a happy ending, and um, they get there through the power of friendship, support um, through your loved ones, and it's just, it's just very funny and very sweet. I cannot recommend it enough. I have a collection of graphic novels at home, and I would be 100% willing to like, buy a copy of this one and put it on my own shelf. I am, I'm like 100% <laughs> endorsing this Five one. out of five. You, you need to read Thirsty Mermaids. Um, let Catley make more graphic novels. <laughs> like, <clears throat> well, uh, all of my books that I read uh, were were book books. I didn't read any graphic novels. Mm -hmm. The book book. Yes, uh, many words. Uh, but the next book that I chose to read was by Cat Cho. Uh, it's titled Wicked Fox. And so, again, the theme is Tales and Tales mm -hmm. this month. And so I was searching through the catalog for something that was T. A-I-L-S Tales, because mm -hmm. I wanted to bring some balance to my suggestions and with the theme, of course. So, I decided to choose this book. I haven't read many stories that take place in Korea, um, and that's part of the reason why I actually chose this story. Mm -hmm. uh, it follows Myung, who is a young woman in Seoul, and it starts off that she's actually on the hunt for her next meal, but she doesn't hunger for any mortal food. She's on the hunt to steal the gi of an unsus unsuspecting victim. And so, uh, as one might expect, she runs into the problem, uh, you know, how, how, how she's supposed to eat without murdering innocent people. 
and I, mean, I like to call... We all have those issues. Yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I personally have now titled it The Ethical Vampires Catch-22. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, how are you supposed to go on living if, uh, you know, in order to live, you're incidentally killing people? Uh-huh. And this problem is only complicated when she runs into Jihoon in the forest one day when she's on her hunt. Uh-huh. Uh, he, he is a bumbling inter- interloper. He... Often is depicted as a clown in in it. He he is the class clown and slacking off and everything like that. You know that trope. Um, but he's a very good person at heart. And so when he count encounters Miyoung and her problem, he tries his best that he can do to help her. Typically, I'm not a fan of romances. Mm-hmm. It's not really the genre I, I look for or anything like that. And when it does pop up, typically that's my least favorite part of the novel. Being honest here. Um, but this is, a, this is a romance I can get behind. This is a romance I will recommend to people. I will find myself telling people to read Wicked Fox because I enjoyed it for the romantic aspect as well as there's a lot of fun, really cool, like, folklore that's included in it. Um, superstitions from Korea and everything like that that I was not familiar with before that I got acquainted with uh, reading this story. And so I would like to recommend this book to anyone who's looking for something that takes place in Korea, mm-hmm. or also a person who would be looking for something that involves supernatural romance, uh, yeah, is that yeah. is that a genre? Supernatural romance? Oh, is that a genre? <laughs> like, that's the look I'm giving you right now, like, is that, that yeah, that's totally a genre. Well. Have you heard, heard of Twilight? Oh, 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 uh, that's, of <laughs> course, that's actually what I first thought of when I thought of the ethical vampires catch 22. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's Twilight, yeah. but... I have not read Twilight, full disclosure. I'm still going to say that's better than Twilight. Okay. I watched the film. It's okay. better than the Twilight film. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good. We're, we're getting many, um, many hearty recommendations here today. Yeah, well, I mean, as we mentioned, all the books are great. Well, yeah, and I think uh, we got lucky with our, our theme. Our theme kind of picked itself. It, um, topical for th- Tales and Tales, but... We both um, enjoy fantasy. Yeah. And, yeah. Fantasy and folklore. Um, it was it was more of a task of what what couldn't we bring to the podcast episode today? Yeah, and I, I read so many tales about folklore and tales from all around the world. I would like to give a quick shout out to one story that I'm not going to give a full synopsis to, mm-hmm. but Ashley Bryan's African Tales, uh huh, mm-hmm. is marvelous. It. What I really enjoy is that he he explains where the story is coming from before he tells it, and the way he tells it is it it, it reads like someone is talking to you, and it and it these were all traditionally oral tales, mm-hmm. and reading that story you really get that feeling. So um, just to slide that in real quick behind my Wicked Fox <laughs> recommendation, I would like to also recommend Ashley Bryan's American uh, African Tales. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Okay, so next I am going to talk about uh, A Natural History of Dragons, a memoir by Lady Trent, actually by Marie Brennan. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So this one was very fun. Um, It's a a memoir. I I guess I was in a memoir kind of mood um, this month, but from a fantasy world's most famous dragon naturalist, who is um, Lady Trent, or Isabella. 
um, who has decided to chronicle the very start of her interest in science and dragons, which was considered very unseemly for a, a lady, um, to her marriage and her first expedition to study dragons in a faraway country, and solve the mystery of why the dragons there have started attacking the villagers in the area that they are um, studying. And I really enjoyed this. Um, it's light, it's fun, and I think the scientific bits about the dragons are clever. Um, the author, Marie Brennan, has a background in archaeology, anthropology, and folklore. Oh. And you can you can see that throughout the book. Like, it's very obvious. Um, uh, the fantasy world is not... Like, it's not the most unique thing, but I don't think it has to be in this case. Like, it's pretty obviously... You know, you're in fantasy Victorian Britain, and they're going to fantasy Tsarist Russia. Mm -hmm. um, but all, all the really fun parts come from the dragons and the dragon studying. So who doesn't like dragons? Yeah. Everybody. I, I don't know what to, That's like the Drunken Mermaids thing. If you don't like dragons, I don't know what to tell you. Um, the book is a memoir, as I said, and it has Isabella's illustrations throughout the chapters. So you get sketches of... Um, we have here... Again, I am showing Derek. There, there's a sparkling right there, and that's his actual size. Oh, that's adorable. Yeah. Um, and sparklings are little tiny dragons that are um, the size of insects. And in the in book lore, um, used to be classified as insects until Isabella did an entire study of them and found them to be small dragons. Um, oh, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. I like that then. Yeah. And um, also, if I can find them. Uh -huh. So sketches of Vistrania, the country the expedition is in, and there's also um, like scientific sketches of the dragons that they find. So sort of the um, dissections and like the skeletal structures of the dragons and, and everything like that. Um, and I enjoyed the discussion of dragons immensely, especially later in the book. Um, when they're in a village that's being beset by dragons, um, which they note is a behavioral change, and they're all trying to figure out what, what's caused this. So it's a question of, like, are the dragons rabid, or are they otherwise diseased? Are the villagers too close to their hunting grounds, and now um, they're getting aggressive due to food scarcity? Um, I just think that's a really neat concept uh, for a fantasy novel. Yeah, it's like fantasy science fiction almost. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like realistic, not, I'm doing the air quotes here, like being a <laughs> realistic fantasy. Yeah. Um, and I liked it a lot. And there are four other Lady Trent memoirs, and I'm very tempted to keep reading, and I just know uh, from like a quick perusal of the catalog. Um, the next one is called The Tropic of Serpents. So if you're into fantasy and dragons, which we all are, I, <laughs> I think we can say, um, give it a try. It's a more play on a realistic dragon hunting expedition and if you're into that sort of plucky adventurous main character Isabella's life story um, really grabs your attention like it's a fun quote unquote memoir to yeah. read um, and if you do like it there's more tales to be had do you have another one to talk about or am I just going to go well, straight into mine if 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 the um if we would like to hear one more recommendation, um, I did read Tales from History, The Cat Who Ruled the Town. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is also going to be, it's like a small chapter book maybe, mm -hmm. um, one might call it. Uh, this is Tales, 
T-A-I-L-S again, of course, because it's the cat who ruled the town. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really fun story by Mei Nakamura, and it talks about the cat who actually was mayor of an Alaskan town for a long time. Mm-hmm. He kept getting reelected, and <laughs> we learn we, we learn about all the cat's favorite things to do. He, he was just so popular. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, clearly his policy uh, was, was the <laughs> superior one. Um, but he did eventually retire. Yeah. We do learn that in the story. However, his um, job office was taken up by another cat. <laughs> so if you want to learn about the cat who took place of uh, the mayor of Alaska, I would recommend Tales from History, The Cat Who Ruled the Town. <laughs> I like that one. I think that's a, that's a good little story. Yeah. And I mean, I, I feel like I describe a lot of things as cute. It's cute. It's good. It's good. <laughs> Kids will definitely enjoy reading about a cat who had more political power than any of the people <laughs> in its own town. He, he wielded it. <laughs> um, Alright, so my last book. Uh, this was... Uh, my, my search for another nonfiction was a little bit tough, I'm not gonna lie. I was, I was trying to find something that was a little... a little more different than just a collection of folk tales or fairy tales. Um, and I was kind of floundering. Read read quite a few not so great ones, mm-hmm. but this is a podcast where we talk about good books, so I'm just gonna leave that. <laughs> leave, it, leave it at that. Uh, not everything's a winner. Um, and this one, this one's just interesting to talk about. I think so. I found another graphic novel, and I'm realizing, like, as we go through all these books, I read a lot of graphic novels. You look, yeah, yeah, you did <laughs> a lot of graphic novels this month. Um, and this one. I just um, remembered, like I've seen, that's been checked out before, and come back in, I think, oh, that looks like something interesting, and I've put it back on the shelf, but then I remember, oh yes, um, the graphic canon from the Epic of Gilgamesh to Shakespeare to Dangerous Liaisons by Ross Kick. Did I say Ross? Russ Kick, sorry. Um, and it was published in 2012, so it's a little bit older, and it's an anthology of adaptions of famous literature from around the world um, drawn and translated by different artists and writers Um, this is volume one so it starts with the epic of Gilgamesh written around I think 1000 BCE um, and goes to dangerous liaisons which was written in 1782 and it is a hefty tome of a graphic novel yeah it's quite a a spread in time yeah Um, it's a very thick book uh, there's 55 comics in here, some of which tell the entire tale in its entirety, and some of which are just showing one scene from a larger work. And like all anthologies, the art and writing style uh, is hit or miss. Derek can confirm that I've put sticky notes on my favorite ones. I'm not gonna lie to you and say like I enjoyed every single one. Um, I think that's fair. It's it's a big anthology of you know at least. 55 different artists and writers, and some of them had one artist and one writer, some of them was um, one single, you know, artist and writer doing one comic strip. It's just, like, there's a lot of people who Mm -hmm. are involved in this, um, and it makes for a a wide, um, like, a wide range of of stories and art styles and writing styles. Uh, I don't think everyone uh, appealed to me. Uh, it might be different for, for you. 
Um, but there should at least be a little bit of something for everyone. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's you know, that's anthologies for you. Yeah. That's, that's the thing about them. My experience, too. Yeah, you get to see a lot of artists find which ones you don't care for, and the others that make you want to find more of their work, um, which you, if you do read this, um, and see a piece of literature you haven't heard about before but looks interesting, or if you see an artist whose work you loved, at the very end there's a section for further reading, which tells you more about the works that have been adapted in this book, as well as contributors, um, telling you more about the artists and writers, and what their websites are, or um, what other work they've done. I do have one question. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that it was uh, stories from around the world. Yes. Is it is it truly from around the world, or do we see ourselves finding more stories from like specific areas? It's still, I still think it's a little bit more Western focused, Western mm -hmm. uh, European focused, um, and even the ones that are mentioned, I that that are a little bit more, um, you know, world worldly i say or, um are still things that you would probably read in like a i think like you know like an english literature class or mm -hmm. something um you know like you might not read the epic of gilgamesh but you know it, it we have the odyssey we have the iliad um we have oh i even see rumi though yeah there's rumi is in there but you know we have like the inferno Alighieri, we have Beowulf, uh, but we also have, you know, bits of the tale of Genji. Oh yeah, and even the Popol Vuh. Yeah. So, I think it's it's a mix of things that you are probably slightly familiar with in some way, shape, or form, but then there's some, some things that are um, stories that you, you don't usually hear about. Nice. And, let me see here. We'll do another little art show. Yeah, we're turning to our first few uh, pages that we have selected. So one of my my favorite pieces was this one, um, adapting three Tang poems, and that's from the Tang Dynasty in China. I really enjoy that style. Mm -hmm. That's really nicely done. And this is also, again, done monochromatically. Yeah, it's all um, black and white drawings. But the shading is impressive. This artist, oh, I, I would I would get more work from them. Yeah, yeah, I would want to look them up too. And I was wrong. I just remembered one of my favorite ones was not in black and white. So there there are some color um, pages in here. Oh, this one. This wasn't the one I was thinking of though. Oh yeah, but in a nice limited palette. Yeah. These um, the visions of Saint Teresa of Avila. Hmm. Oh yeah, that's vibrant. <laughs> and the illustrations are done in this nice geometrical way. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy that. Yeah. So you, you definitely do get to experience a whole wide range of different art styles yeah. in this book as well. Fun for anyone who uh, enjoys graphic art and everything like that. Yeah. yeah. And speaking of graphic, um, this is an adult graphic novel. And, mm. Yes, and the works have stayed true to the original tone of the stories. Um, so there's violence and gore and other R-rated imagery throughout it. Um, so we have, you know, Beowulf, which is gory. Um, and we also have an adaption of the Lysistrata Gambit, if you know anything about that. <laughs> um, and a story from the Arabian Nights, whose title and plot I cannot even say out loud. If I'm... <laughs> 
Um, if you take a look at the book, you're going to know what I mean. So just be aware of that. Um, you know, I think people who've read the works included in this book, and even those who haven't, could still enjoy it either way. It's always neat to see how people um, interpret, like, old classics and how they choose to, to adapt them. And if you don't know all the stories mentioned, which I definitely did not, um, then seeing that little snapshot of a scene from it in comic form might get you interested in seeing what the entire work is about. So, are we done for today? I think so. Okay, so we've talked plenty about Tales and Tales. Um, once again, we'll wrap it up with a thank you to the Queen Anne's County Library for letting us host a podcast and commandeer the kitchen for about, um, I think about like... We'll just round up to an hour. Yeah, we'll just say an hour. Hayden will cut this down to something good. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you to our co-workers who have, um, who have been dealing with us basically just filling up our shelves with books. Yes, so many books. So many books this month. This month especially. Um, and a big thank you to Hayden for editing this episode into something that's actually worth listening to. Woo woo. <laughs> um, we had a lot of fun with this month's theme. Too much fun. Therefore, our, our next month's theme, uh, we've chosen sports. Yes, we, we are not sports aficionados, but we will become them. That'll, that'll be our hardest one. Um, I am not a sport ball player or a watcher, um, but, but I, I have already searched the catalog for some things. Look at that. I've set some stuff aside, so we shall see what we come up with. Thank you for joining us. Yep, thank you. Have a good rest of your day.